The following program is paid for by the Springdale Golf Club. The views and information expressed are the opinions of its host and or guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the station, management, or its ownership. It's time to swing into the golf world of today with Springdale Golf Live. Sponsored by our friends at the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Here's your host, Keith Stewart. I'm Keith Stewart, and I'll be here entertaining you on this Masters Friday. Thank you for tuning in to Fox Sports 920, The Jersey. Sugar Magnolia, blossoms blooming, heads all empty and I don't care. So my baby down by the river, knew she'd have to come up soon for air. There it is, Sugar Mag by the Grateful Dead. Gotta love it right there. You know, I, I chose that for the song of the week because I was thinking, should I ever have the opportunity to drive down Magnolia Lane? Because after all, it is Master's Week. What would be the perfect accompanying song? And, uh, you know, I'm a huge Grateful Dead fan, and uh, Sugar Magnolia is what I came up with. And uh, you know what, folks? You know, not everyone can get to 920 AM The Jersey, so you can listen live anywhere at 920thejersey.com. You just hit that Listen Live button. And uh, it's a big week for the show. It's Master's Week. It's the first official major of the 2019 PGA Tour season. And uh, since it is, you know, better known as the greatest week in golf, um, you know, I just I, I needed some help with today's show. So I scanned the interwebs as best I could, and I've been following this individual for a, oh, almost a year now, and she's just unbelievable. And I'm happy to introduce to our listeners. Her name's Amanda Rose, and she's a golf social media writer, producer, entertainer. I love her fresh outlook on the game. And uh, so during this major week, I'm excited to welcome our co-host for the day to talk about the Masters and all that's going on down at Augusta National. Amanda, how are you today? Welcome to Springdale Golf Live. Thanks, Keith. I'm good. I'm good. You're you're too kind. I don't know. You're being a little too nice about me in that intro, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> well, you know what? You were nice enough to come on and talk golf and masters and all sorts of fun things that we're going to be doing today. And you know, let's just get started because I don't I don't want to waste any time not talking about what's going on down there at Magnolia Lane. And sure enough, Francisco Molinari has the lead right now. He's seven under and he's got one hole to play. Um, what's your take so far on what? What's going on at the Masters? You know, this is such a crowded leaderboard with so many top players. It's kind of insane. So I think it's it's quite jumbled at the top. I think the next two days will be interesting to see kind of how the field spreads out. Um, but I just mm, it, it's been, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Oh, it's been it's been tremendously fun. I think back to yesterday. I was watching Tiger. He was one of those featured groups in the live stream, and he finished at two under. And you know, he got he got interviewed afterwards, and he said, "You know, when I won a couple of my jackets, I started with a, a round of seventy, so I'm pretty happy with this. But by the end of the day last night, six under was leading with multiple guys, and uh, they they kind of, oh, you know, just ran right by Tiger, who looked like he was playing a pretty good round. What do you think of Tiger's start yesterday? I think he did great. I I remember, um, I believe, three out of the four times that he won the green jacket, just to piggyback on what you said, he actually bogeyed the first hole. Yesterday, he parred the first hole. So we'll see, you know, what happens with that. I think it'll be really interesting to see him go out this afternoon. Um, or I guess he's, is he on, is he out already? I don't even know what time it is. Um, he, but I think he, it'll be- he just, he just looks like he just birdied the fourth hole. 
There we go. Okay, so I, I was I was getting prepared for the show, so I'm a little off. But um, I think I I don't know. I think it'll be interesting to see kind of how he holds up over the weekend. Augustus, it is a really hilly course. It's a difficult course to walk. So I think we'll just kind of see how his back holds up and. And then it'll be interesting. Well, the weather didn't play quite a story, but I'm going to give you a couple names here. I want to get your reaction to what do you think their chances are, how they're playing. Let's start with DJ. What did you think of DJ's performance yesterday? I think DJ had a great performance. Um, he's kind of carried it. I believe he's two under right now through 15. Um, you know, he's six under and tied for second. So I think yesterday he set himself up really nicely. He had, uh, you know, the two he went out and two under and uh, only had the one drop shot yesterday and only has one drop shot today. So I think he's, he's putting pretty well and um, the the course seems to be a little bit wetter than it usually is. So I think that's probably help it a little bit um but i i think it's i think he set himself up really well for yesterday and it'll be it'll be quite the test to see what happens tomorrow all right now he's having a bit of a rough day today but what do you think about his partner in crime brooks kepta i think brooks brooks is i would say well so yeah brooks is struggling a little more than dj today he took that seven on the second hole and you know how many eagles we've seen there over the years so Brooks has kind of struggled. Um, his back nine, I, I think he's even right now on his back nine after struggling on the front nine. So, um, I mean, he's still tied for fourth. I think he has a great opportunity over the weekend. All right, so he, he, I got one more name for you, and then we're going to move along here. But I've been watching the board here, and everyone's curious about when the pivot moment's going to come for young Mr. Jordan Spieth. He looks like he's five under through 14 holes today, and he's got it back to under par. What do you think about what's been going on with Jordan? And, you know, kind of maybe compare it to, you know, when you play golf, you know, when, if, if you have your own struggles, you know, what do you think Jordan's going through right now? And, and what do you think we can all do as fans to try to help him turn it around? The thing that's really interesting is I, I kind of look at golf and golf and nine. So yesterday, even though I, you know I'm always playing 18, I just kind of it helps me break down what I'm doing. So this front nine yesterday wasn't great. He took a double bogey, three bogeys. Since yesterday, um, since his back nine yesterday, he's made six birdies and one bogey. So obviously something happened at that turn when he just started making a bunch of pars and that one birdie on his back nine to kind of maybe help get started. And today, even though he started with a bird or a bogey, he's still been able to keep the round together. He played Amen Corner well. He's playing well right now. I think if he can get it to two or three under total, um, you know, for the next, you know, before he, you know, I'm losing my mind, I swear to God. <laughs> he can just get it to a couple under, he'll be really, really, um, just really someone to watch over the weekend. Because he does. He plays Augustus so well. Coming into the tournament over the last six years, he's the player with the most strokes gained at Augusta National by a long shot. Like, he probably twice as many strokes gained as the next guy. Yes. So he just plays the course well. I saw that statistic this week. He's he's something like 11 and a half shots stroke gained per, ra- per round there. And it's like, it's unbelievable how well he plays that golf course since he got there. I think it was, what, 2014. So he's, mm-hmm. he's playing the par 5 15th right now. He's 5 under on the day. He could put up a number. A lot of people forget. They talk about his struggles. He hasn't won since the Open in 17. Oh. But he, he shot 64 in the final round yesterday. So <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, wait. No, sorry. I don't know. He just stuck one close somewhere. All right. Sorry, He's on the ahead. 15th hole. So that could be for Eagle. You know, I, I don't yeah. have a t- TV here oh, in the no, studio. So the 14th. That's my bad. Yeah, I have the TV on. He, yeah. 
My bad. Sorry. All right. No problem. No problem. All right. So uh, a lot of people who are listening here to Springdale Golf Live. And once again, folks, we're here with Amanda Rose. And some of you may be wondering who that is. So, Amanda, take this opportunity to tell my listeners a little bit about what you're up to and who you are and uh, why you love golf so much. Well, I've loved golf my whole life. You know, I grew up playing. Um, it's something my dad and I have always shared. He shared it with his dad, and I've gotten to share it with mine. So golf's just always kind of been my biggest passion, biggest love. And I kind of decided to take my journalism degree from the University of Florida and turn it into golf. So I started producing my own content and making my own videos and starting to grow my own personal brand. And things have really grown. I've been doing this since September, and, you know, here I am. I'm on a radio show right now. So I'm doing – I'm just – trying to do my thing and every day I hope I can just grow a little bit more and um, it's it's a lot of work people kind of think oh you put out a two and a half minute video once a week well I mean yeah but all the preparation that goes into it and the multiple videos I do it's it's a a lot of work but it's a lot of fun and it's, it's really starting to pay off and I'm glad I can make people laugh and set myself apart from others and just kind of with my jokingness and I don't know, it's making golf fun, because golf can get kind of stuffy. Well, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I'm a PGA professional, and I'm the head golf pro at a place called Springdale Golf Club in Princeton, New Jersey. And, uh, you know, we've got the patent on khaki pants there. So it's (laughs) it's one thing's for sure is that there's a sign that hangs above my door, my office, and it says the director of fun. Um, I always say that I don't want to be a director of golf or head golf professional. I want to be the director of fun. I want my members and their guests to come in and make sure they have a good time playing the game of golf. So that's one of the things that caught my eye about all of your content online. And, you know, I, I started to follow you. And I, I just think I, I really think that when we talk on Springdale Golf Live all the time, I'm always going on about the pop culture of golf. That's like my catchphrase. And I, I just I don't want to talk about the flag stick. I want to talk about, you know, the types of things that you talk about on your blog that are fun. And it can't be too edgy because, you know, Fox Sports, we, we, we have to be good to our our radio station here but um at the end of the day you know i think that a fresh outlook like you have and doing something totally different um is is doing a lot for the game now speaking of something totally different i gotta get your feedback on this and you know i i don't i'm not looking for you to spoil your blog for next week or your video for next week but what did you think of the augusta national women's amateur i mean this vanguard event that happened you're a woman golfer what what was your experience in viewing that on saturday Saturday was incredible. You know, Wednesday, Thursday, I was a bit bummed that they weren't, you know, playing Augusta. And I I get it. It's like, oh, my gosh, they finally got to Augusta. Don't push it. But at the same time, like, I think it would have been really amazing to watch them play two rounds even at Augusta. Watching them walking down the hole, the iconic holes, and seeing them play everything and just, you know, cup show with her 32 on the back nine on Saturday was just so incredible to see her play such a tough course and just absolutely dominated. I really enjoyed watching her and Fossey and, and the other girls in the field. So I think it was it was really an incredible event. But I, I really, I mean, I'm disappointed that they didn't get more than just one round at Augusta. And they're making it set such a big deal. Like, why don't, you know, it's like no one's really mentioning Champions Gate. It was kind of a lie by omission almost where they're talking about, oh, it's so historic. These 72 women or whatever are going to play Augusta. Well, no, they're not. 72 women are going to play Champions Gate, and then, you know, 30 women are going to play Augusta. Like, let's be realistic. But it was it was an incredible event. I think it was a huge step in the right direction for women's golf. But I think a lot of the um, uh, segregation and, you know, or I don't know if segregation is the right word, but, like, the, the differences between men's and women's golf, they've all been – 
like humanly imposed, you know, they're, it's because you have the guys in the green jackets that don't want the women at the club. Like, I don't even know if Augusta National has women's bathrooms. I, I don't think Pine Valley does. So it's, it's like you kind of see these courses and they're just very, you know, with the exclusion of not having women there and then having women play an event. It's really cool. But I, I do think that they're going to have to rethink it and, and make it a way for women to be able to play you know, more than just one round at Augusta. Well, you know what? I, I, I totally agree with you. And I, and I think that the, as the first year of the event, uh, certainly they're going to go and they're going to assess things and they're going to see how they can make it better each and every year, much like they do with the Masters Tournament. So I, I had a u- unique experience on Wednesday night. Um, I was in the city and uh, I, I was uh, guest host on a radio show and we were talking to Maria Fossi, who was the runner-up for the event, uh, who came in second to Jen Cup Show. And you know her outlook on the game, and she's from Mexico and she plays at the University of Arkansas, was so refreshing. And her just outward t- total focus on sportsmanship and the, her being a role model and the effect that she had on the people that were watching and the gamesmanship that she had going back and forth with Jen and shaking hands and high fives and all of that that was going on, I thought was amazing. So I thought that those two young women put on a tremendous show. And I'm very much looking forward to in about oh, a month or so when the two of them get a rematch at the NCAA finals. I'm sure that's coming. And uh, so I'm excited to see that. And I I think that that's going to do a lot for women's collegiate golf. Um, Certainly, it's going to get it a lot more media coverage. And I think that that's a great thing. So, you know, the sentiment that you expressed is certainly true. But at the same time, I I think that everything's heading in a positive direction. And and I think that that's a a really good thing. Um, As far as when it comes to talking about the younger people that are in college and that play the game, right? What are the types of things that you feel like we need to start to do as golf leaders, like yourself, you're putting yourself out there as a golf leader and a communicator, that we could do to start to connect with the younger generation of golfer? That's a great question. I think I think kind of, you know, people trying to speed up the game a little bit, that's, that's great. I think um, being able to to make golf more accessible to other people is incredible. But at the end of the day, I mean, golf's a really, really expensive sport. Even if you do go and buy a hand-me-down set or a secondhand set or go and buy cheaper golf equipment, it's still going to be expensive. So I think until, you know, there's a way that golf is less expensive, I really don't think we're going to see too much of a change. And, and that's the problem because, I mean, I'm, you know – I'm a good golfer, and I really don't change my equipment that much because it's expensive. Would I love to get a brand-new $500 driver everywhere? Yeah, but I don't because it's expensive. So I think when people are trying to get into it, like if, if you're really into something, you don't want to use crappy equipment, but at the same time, it's really expensive. So I, I really think that it, just kind of the cost of golf, and not just that. I mean, the time commitment, like I was saying, speeding it up is going to help. But I think um, – players now like you see a lot of these young guys like ricky and jordan and justin and they're cool you know they're chill and the younger generation is going to like that so i think that is a step in the right direction kind of having better personalities on tour but i think um the other stuff i mentioned is definitely also playing a role all right well i want to get into ricky and jordan and justin and all of them uh we got to take a break right now but hold on amanda i'll be back in about a minute here uh folks it's 3 15 p.m here in princeton and for those patrons down in augusta georgia thanks for listening to fox sports 920 the jersey back after this Takes the 
scale when I'm seeing double pays my ticket when I speak. The New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the NJPGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf with a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs. The NJGF delivers dynamic programming under the guidance of PGA professionals so individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. To support the NJGF or learn more about programs and special events, visit njgolffoundation.org. That's njgolffoundation.org. Springdale Golf Club members have been enjoying a club that's been a part of the Princeton community for nearly 125 years with the best golf and social experience in our region. But did you know about the benefits that extend beyond the boundaries of the club through its agreement with Troon Purvey, the private club operating division of Troon Golf Management? Springdale's historical significance, William Flynn design with challenging greens, blended with a dedicated team of associates now combined with Troon's operational expertise, are taking the club to the next level in commitment to the member experience. Just announced is a significant expansion of the Troon Purvey Privileges Program. This Vanguard Service Initiative includes enhanced golf and lifestyle benefits that extend far beyond the fairways. For more information about the club and all of the amazing fun things we have planned for 2019, please take a moment and visit our website at www.springdalegc.org forward slash Troon Purvey or call 1-855-255-1265. Let's get back on course as Springdale Golf Live continues on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to Springdale Golf Live. I'm Keith Stewart, and you're listening to Fox Sports 920 The Jersey. It's Masters Week, and we're excited that we have a little co-host on the line with us here. She's Amanda Rose. She is all over social media. She has her own blog, great videos. You can follow her on Instagram and Twitter. Her address is at AmandaGolf59. That's at AmandaGolf59. She's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. She's everywhere. And she is especially right here on Springdale Golf Live. Amanda, welcome back. Let's talk some more Masters here on Masters Week. Absolutely. I mean, I think things are just heating up with these guys. All right. So we've been been on for about 15, 20 minutes here. And let's take a look back here. It looks like Tiger bogeyed the fifth for the second day in a row. And Molinari finished at seven. So seven could be the possible leader. What What do you think about Francisco Molinari? What do you think about this guy? I think he's incredible. So I, being the huge golf nerd I am, I, growing up, I would watch, you know, European tour and PGA tour every single week. Now I, you know, I'm a little bit busier, so I've cut down to mostly PGA tour. But I remember watching him and his brother, Eduardo, like, you know, the late 2000s, you know, once they were on tour and stuff. And I remember thinking, my God, these guys are both so good. And Eduardo originally was the one that was the better golfer, and now it's Francesco, and he's really coming to his own. I think he's just he has that steely demeanor, and it, it, it works for him. I just think he's incredible. Well, it's a funny story that the first time that he was at the Masters tournament, he was a caddy for his brother. So yeah, about- he won the 05 uh, Amateur at Marion, not too far from where I live. 
Yes, and and all of a sudden he was a caddy instead of a player, and now he's leading mm-hmm. it any number of years later. I mean, he's got a successful record there. He's played, uh, let's see, seven times. He's made the cut five times, and you know, as the reigning Open champion, um, you know, the guy's hot. I mean, he's playing really, really well. Who did who did you think coming into this week? Who were you? Who did you have your eyes on as someone you thought that was going to win this golf tournament? Francesco. I mean, I, I I thought Rory might contend too, but Francesco was one of the guys. I hit all my uh, fantasy lineups. He was in a lot of them because I really thought that this course would suit him well. He plays well on more difficult, challenging courses, and I think this is one that suits him really well. Um, I am kind of shocked that Rory's played so poorly this week. I thought maybe he'd be contending, but he's won over today through four, and I don't think that's going to happen unless something happens, but I don't know. Well, right now, I mean, he's fighting it. He's got, uh, geez, what, 14 holes to play, 15 holes to play, and he's at plus two. He's nine shots off the lead. Um, You know, unfortunately, he's probably thinking about more of the cut line than anything else or the 10-shot rule that they have there at Augusta. So, you know, he's he's certainly somebody that uh, just like – another person who became irrelevant as of today, which was Justin Rose. And, you know, these two guys had all the pressure in the world on them, and they, they kind of got a little glimpse of what it's like to be maybe Tiger Woods or Phil, you know, to have that microscope firmly affixed on you coming into a major week, and you have to answer all of those questions. And, you know, it, Phil and Tiger have proven over the years that that's something that they can do. And Phil's right there. He's two shots off the lead. He just uh, he just finished the 15th hole. He's got three to play. And and um, he's at five under, and he's two behind Francisco Molinari. Um, what do you think about Phil's chances this week? Um, I'm, I don't know. I don't think he's really – I mean, he might hang around the top ten, but I don't think he's going to make any – I don't think he's going to be putting on the green jacket at the end of the week. I think the one person really to watch is Louis Hazen. I mean, he just made his fourth birdie of the day, and he's only – I mean, he just finished the seventh hole. So he's five under. He's two back of the leaders. Um, just getting his round started, and he is such a good player. I mean, I think he almost won here, uh, one of the the first year bubble one. Like I think he was in contention with Lee Westwood, um, and he just he plays the course well. I think he just has such a great swing, and his shot shape works at Augusta. So I I think Louis Hazen's a bigger question than than Phil because I think Louis sneaky, and no one really always has them on hit their radar, and then he shows up, and you're like, ooh. Well, that's one thing for sure, and I know none of us will forget that year he had the albatross or the double eagle yes. number two. Uh, the, you know, it was like a twenty-five second golf shot. I mean, that thing was un- <laughs> unbelievable. He hits it, and you could like literally like you could watch the clock on your wall keep going, and, and the ball still carrying and carrying, and it finally goes in the hole. It was like destiny. It was great. You know, just right behind him, and I kind of hope he gets really in the mix come moving day tomorrow. And that's John Rahm because he's super, super talented, but he's also super, super volatile. And I want to see if he's learned anything from the Players Championship. And I love I love a good drama. And it sounds like to me that you like a little bit a little bit of drama yourself. So you know, to see him be in contention late Saturday into Sunday, I think that we'll definitely get to see some John Rom drama, which which could be very entertaining. But I mean, look at some of these names up here. Uh, you got Matt Kuchar at four, Justin Thomas at four. It looks like Jason Day just made another birdie. He made back to back birdies on fifteen and sixteen, and Day is now top for the lead with Molinari and Day could barely walk yesterday. You know, yeah, but say I don't know how he's upright right now. And he kind of did this to us. Was it? He pulled out an API, and then the next week he ended up playing kind of well. And I was 
shocked. I'm like, what is he doing? But he he seems to cut. Was it the players that he ended up playing kind of well at? Like, it's just he's doing something well with not having a great back. But I'm I'm wondering if they have him on some kind of medication because he looks really bloated. So I, I don't I don't know. Maybe sitting the ball farther if he has more mass going through it. I don't know. But he's doing something right. Yeah, one thing's for sure. I didn't know if he was going to make it through the whole round yesterday without the fashion police coming out on that outfit. I mean, that window pane <laughs> shirt that was kind of baggy and didn't fit him like it normally does. I thought almost he had like a back brace on or something. The way that, because usually he looks so physically fit. And, you know, he's had a lot of success at Augusta, and, and rightfully so. He has one of the best short games on tour. He's played there eight times, made seven cuts. He's got three top tens. I mean, almost half the times he's played there, he's been in the top ten. He's a high ball hitter. I think that if health-wise, similar to Ty, he can hang around. I think Jason Day, because he's got that great short game um, for that place, and those green complexes are so challenging. Um, the weather might provide a challenge, but I think that if things kind of stay fair and playable, I think Jason Day certainly has an opportunity to be up there. there there's no doubt about it. And, I, and I'm excited to see him kind of compete with some of these younger guys and Molinar. I mean, literally in the first five or six names, Everyone knows who these people are. I mean, to your credit, Louis Oosthuizen is probably the most unknown name, but everyone <laughs> kind of knows who he is. And every other name we know. I mean, this is just, it's just so much fun. And, you know, why do you think it happens? Every year, we know the holes. We know the tradition. It's like on any other, unlike any other, right? And we <laughs> get this fantastic drama. And I can't wait till moving day tomorrow. What do you look forward to most for tomorrow? I think, you know, kind of in the morning, there's always someone that goes out and posts like a 67 or a 66 and really gets themselves in the mix. And then you kind of expect the leaders who are a couple ahead to really pull away, but then they don't. And the field almost comes back to that person, whoever shoots that really low number and separates themselves. So I think that's always really interesting of a storyline for Saturday. I think things really start to happen on Saturday. you got to be able to just position yourself. And I obviously Augusta National is going to set up for some crazy drama. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Now, speaking of crazy drama, one of the things we love to do here on Springdale Golf Live, which is one of our fun traditions, is that we love to have a little rapid-fire Q&A with our guests. So I know that you like to have fun with your blog, so I, I'm sure you're up for this. But uh, I will I'll officially ask. You up, you up for a little rapid-fire Q&A? Of course. All right, all right. Well, keep an open mind and have some fun. All right, we're, we'll start easy for you. What's, what's your favorite hole at the Masters? Uh, the 12th. All right. Are you a morning, noon, or night person? Morning. On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your wardrobe. Like negative 6. Ooh. Oh, oh, Amanda, we have to talk. I am. <laughs> I wear a lot of sweats. <laughs> I'm like the king of sartorial splendor. So I, by all means, we have to talk. All right. Describe your golf blog in two words. Hilarious. Ooh, all right. Chicken salad or pimento and cheese sandwich? Uh, pimento and cheese. I don't eat meat. Best part of your golf game? It, it changes. It's either going to be driver, irons, or putter, and it's never the same at the same time. <laughs> right now, my putter's been pretty good, though. All right. I like it. Rolling the rock. All right. Tigers, mock necks, yes or no? Yes. I want a couple. Cheesesteaks, yes or no? Uh, yes, but chicken. But I don't really eat chicken. Oh, all right. Yeah, sorry. No meat. Uh, best sport other than golf? Basketball. Ooh, basketball. Playoffs start tomorrow, right? They do. Yeah. Sixers. I think I think we're gonna go deep, but I don't know. If we meet Milwaukee in those playoffs, it might be might be the end of it for us. It might be, yeah. Uh, if you could visit one decade in history, what would it be? 
the nineties. Like I'd love to go back and really experience them, not just as a fetus. All right. If I say the word champion, who is the first person you think of? I guess Phil. <laughs> He's on the TV screen, so my PY. All right. One last one. What is your dream job? Uh, doing exactly what I'm doing, just getting paid a little bit more. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, hey, with Springdale Golf Live, you're going to have a new um, uh, form of exposure. There's no doubt about it. Well, hey, Amanda Rose, I can't thank you enough for coming on and adding some energy and some passion to my show during Masters Week, first major of the year. I hope you had a wonderful experience. Thank you so much for being on Springdale Golf Live. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me, Keith. All right, take care. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. Bye. All right, well, there you go. We had Amanda Rose here to kind of, I I don't know, just spice up our day and and create just a little bit of passion and energy and electricity and engagement for the listeners of Springdale Golf Live um, to get some wild opinions and some entertainment at the same time. And uh, before we get ready to throw you over to Doug Gottlieb and the other guys at Fox Sports, uh, I got to do one thing and I got to make sure I take care of my sponsors and supporters. Uh, First of all, New Jersey Golf Foundation. Love those guys and their three pillars and for everything they do to grow the game of golf in New Jersey. Summit Golf Brands and their specific brands of B-Dratty, Fairway and Green, Zero Restriction, EP New York. And Jimmy, thanks for the belt today. I appreciate it, bud. Masters Green, Yellow, had it all together. F.H. Wadsworth, look him up in the city. And uh, Wade's on the board doing a wonderful job today. And I got to thank the Springdale Board of Governors, Troon Golf Management, and most importantly, all of my listeners. I'm heading to Springdale, but where are you headed? We'll let the tower be your guide. And from New York City to a Augusta, Georgia, and of course, everywhere online, may you all have a Springdale Masters. You've been listening to Springdale Golf Live with Keith Stewart. Keith returns to the tee next Friday afternoon at 3 on Fox Sports 920 The Jersey.